Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Hey, this is Jeff Zog from the Dad Awesome Podcast. I love the Crazy Cool Family, and specifically, I hopped into Basecamp. All of these resources, the video resources, the specific guides that let me put the names of my daughters and my wife, and just showing me visually, hey, am I making progress? What areas can I attend more to? So I'm so thankful. I want to encourage you guys to hop into Basecamp, sign up, dive into those first intro videos. It's been so helpful for my family. Hey, parents, welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast, usually with Don and Suzanne Manning, but I'm here with Dan Luigs. Yes. Yes, Luigs. Yeah, we can celebrate. L-U-I-G-S. And I was like, there's no way I can pronounce that. But but Dan is, I, I, I was, we met through, he has a podcast called The Journey of a Christian Dad that you've been doing now, Dan, for a couple of years? A couple of years, yeah. But it just came, and one just, I was curious the story about that. It just kind of came out of, how did you start that, uh, that podcast? So I've got a number of different guys in my life that have like number one ranked podcasts in the world now. So the number one family podcast in the world is like a close personal friend. The number one health and wellness guy in the world is not close personal, but a friend. Right, right. You know, just evolve that way. Like, this is pretty cool. In the meantime, a bunch of book authors are in my life and I am not a podcast host and I'm not a book author and people around me are like, why don't you write a book? Why don't you do a podcast? What would I do those on? Right. And I'm like, I don't want to do a business podcast. I don't want to do a uh, referral relationship type podcast. I want to, I really don't want to do any of that stuff. I just want to be guests on crazy cool family podcast and things like that because it's fun. And I just got to like, like being an assistant coach, you just show up and you do whatever the head coach tells you to do. And it's simple. Right. And I didn't want to do a podcast because of all the stuff that goes involved. You got to plan it. You got to edit it. You got to put the websites together, all that stuff. And I didn't want to do any of that. All I wanted to do was grab a microphone and talk and help people. And then I went on this dang retreat and I was like, God, life's wonderful. And my friends are wonderful and my family's wonderful. And I got nothing. I'm going to go into this isolated prayer time right now. And all I can think of to do is just to praise you and thank you. Like this is the greatest. And if you want to do that for a couple of hours and you just listen to me, thank you and praise you. Like that's what we'll do. And I'm an idiot because I didn't ask if you wanted to talk to about anything, God. And God's wow. Like, wow, here we go. What a jerk I am. We're I'm going to hang out for a while with my best friend. And I didn't even ask him if he had anything to say. Wow. And I apologize. I said, I'm, I'm really sorry, God. I can't believe that this happened. Have you got anything that you want to talk about, God? And instantly he comes back with, yeah, your podcast. I said, no, no, no. We were all just at lunch together. You were there. I know you were. I know you heard me tell the other guy. I absolutely was not doing a podcast and that I was going to do is be a guest. And he goes, yeah, yeah, you're right. I was there. I did hear you. And then there's that, the way God can speak sometimes, a powerful, confident voice. Mm -hmm. The octave dropped a little bit and he says, (laughs) so anyway, about your podcast, I say, yeah, okay. What about it, God? What would I do it on? And he goes, how about like a Christian dad? How about doing it on the Christian dad? Yeah, yeah, okay. That's kind of something that's important to me. That one's something I can do for a while. That's got some longevity. That one's got an eternal purpose to it. Okay, I'm with you. But what would I call it, God? He goes, I don't know. Try out the Christian dad. Like, I kid you not, the words he said were, try out the Christian dad. (laughs) And at this retreat, we didn't have cell phones or internet. And I get home, you know, a day and a half, two and a half days later. And the first thing I do, grab my phone and I type in, you know, thechristiandad.com. That website doesn't exist. That domain doesn't exist. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, how does that not, 
already been purchased. So I bought it right away and, you know, got all the .NETs and all that stuff and just started. I'm like, I don't know where to start, but I'm going to start doing research and figuring this out. Well, I so think, that, was, that was how it started. So the, the podcast is called The Journey of a Christian Dad. It's a great podcast. I've listened to a few episodes now, but really, I think that's indicative of, you know, so as we, um, as we launched this podcast, I love it that I think Dan has been a guy. I love the story of a of a family that is walking with Jesus today and how they got there. You know, because so often, you know, families see us now, you know, and we tell our story. You know, we have seven kids and, you know, and the kids love Jesus and we're, you know, 30 years into it. But it's like, and we can tell our story of how we got there. But it's so cool to see that that's just one story. There's so many stories of how, um, families have gotten to where they are today. So tell us, first of all, let's, I want to talk a little bit about where your family is right now. You got two girls, right? Been yep. Married? Two daughters. Yep. Nine and eight. Yep. Have you been married for how long? Uh, almost 19 years. So you've been married for 19 years. We were just talking about this, that there's, so there's a, so that means there was like 10 years before you had kids. And yes. there's a story in that that we'll talk about. But today, what would you say is the state of your family right now? So, it, you know, you, your marriage, your kids, your work, you know, your, your work, what, what do you do for a living? That type of stuff. Where are you at this point? Yeah, at this point, um, you know, outside looking in and like, man, it's the perfect family that those guys are, you know, <laughs> they never have troubles. Everything's always great in that family. Uh, we've, we've got troubles, <laughs> we've got troubles, but, it's a little different on the inside, but still good. Right. But yeah, but they're not mountain troubles. You know, these things that may have sidetracked or derailed us or, you know, shot us way off course or, or spiraled us into, you know, angst. Now we've got, you know, we've got Christ, we've got the Lord. And so the things that show up are things that, you know, little speed bumps, navigate. We, you can navigate and we've got the resources around us so that whenever something does come up, you know, we can get through it. But I'd say our, our families, you know, just totally based on love. So love God, love ourselves, and love others. And you're in the insurance business. Yep. I've got a, uh, a my insurance business. I, I, every time I think about it, tears come to my eyes. I'm so grateful for how that has grown over the years and has afforded myself and family and, uh, you know, people around me, just an amazing, um, ability to, to get things done. And you're, and if I, we talked about this a little bit, but I want you to expand on it. Your strength really in business. I'm trying to give the guys a little perspective, you know, and we'll, uh, involve the, the wives in a minute, but I mean, from a, from a guy career standpoint, uh, your strength is selling, connecting, right? Yep, absolutely. Selling and connecting. So there's a guy yesterday who's out of Florida, wrote a book. He's a, one of those big time coaches and he made a Facebook post and he says, it's Friday and I just like to recognize and appreciate people. And today it's Dan Lewis. And he says, he's got this ability to connect people and he does it in a way that's good for everybody. And somehow he puts two people together and then it turns into like 16, like one plus one isn't two. It, builds upon each other. And I was like, man, it's like the coolest thing how he, you know, made that video on a Friday. And then I was actually yesterday going to meet somebody. I'm like, I'm sharing this video. I don't know why I'm sharing it. One, I liked it. So I kind of just wanted it to be in my Facebook reminders. But the next guy that I met with, I went to have a late lunch with him. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this video and this guy I've got to connect him to the guy that I had lunch with next. I had no idea that those two were a fit, but yep. uh, yeah. So that that's been a, a huge, huge strength. So sa sales connector, pretty dedicated. I mean, so, and, uh, and what, well, what's your wife like? <laughs> my wife, what's her, what's her name? My wife's name is Corey. So, so yeah, Dan and Corey. And so what's she like? She, uh, has a way a, a like a direct whatever's on her mind she speaks uh, she was a, a trained teacher and she was a teacher for years she now is a book author she writes books and helps people publish and writes books what kind of uh, books does she write children's books 
Oh, wow. I need so, to get away. This sounds like our wives are very similar. And, and uh, Suzanne's always had a desire to write children's books. So maybe we can. We might yeah. Yeah. Love, love, love to connect those two. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's, it's, she loves to hear a good story and then turn that into something that kids and parents both appreciate. So the first book she wrote, all the guys I know that read it are like, this is the one kid's book that I read. Oh, wow. Yeah. That I like that. I like reading a second or a third or a fourth time. I don't well, groan really, when the kids really run this take one. Some of our connection, uh, you know, things we do with crazy cool family about relationships and connection and put it in a kid's story. So the kids are learning that connection stuff early, you know, then so the parents can read it to the kids and enforce the, you know, uh, embody the principles that we want them to learn. So it drips it into the parents as well as the kids. Yes. Yeah, so that's where I was going to go with that was the parents. Then also even like in all the things you've done in life, sometimes you forget about the super basic stuff that you used to do. And when you've got to teach it to somebody, you're like, ah, I remember when I used to do that and that works so well. <laughs> Well, you remember too reading the Bible stories, going, "Hey, this is pretty cool." You know, I didn't know this story or whatever in the children's books or whatever. You wound up learning the story as well as your kid did because you have to read it like twelve times. You know, or you know, twelve. You know, you're reading the same book over and over again to the three. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Favorites and things. So yeah, absolutely. It's a great. That's a great idea. So so anyway, Corey is a writer and um, and and a mother. She stays at home now, right? Correct. Yeah. Teacher and now stays at home. Yeah. So I love it that so you know so let's and and I have this picture of your family and uh, and I know that it may look perfect on the outside but we all know that you know we got to work in our marriage we've got you know kids are good but they're not perfect and all the things but it is as you would say you know you've worked through a lot of issues you you're super involved in your church right yeah very involved yeah and um, and it's just a, it's a good season but it didn't always. I love to now kind of go through the journey of how you get there because I think so often we think, Oh, that just happened. Yeah. Yeah. And that just, and and it's always been that way. And, and Dan and Corey were this beautiful Christian couple that got married 19 years ago. They've memorized scripture every day for the last 19 years. And now they've got this perfect little deal, but it wasn't quite like that. Was it? No, no, it, it absolutely wasn't like that. There was a whole lot of rockiness in between the beginning and now. Well, and I mean, I think that as we start out, really, it's only been in the last eight years or so that you guys have been actively involved in your church, right? To, together. Yep. As a, yeah. as a team. Yes, yeah. that's, that's very true. There, so in your insurance business, you started like in the second decade of your married life right um so tell us a little bit about how it began and kind of give us a little bit of background of how you guys kind of got to where you are today yeah yeah so i used to work retail sold electronics computers uh, appliances whatever so if it was for your house it was something i did and then i went into uh sales management which was great at the time i met my wife she came in to buy a computer and I sold TVs and stereos and the computer guys couldn't talk to a pretty girl or really <laughs> people in general. Yeah. They kind of hang out and wait until a customer said, please sell me a computer. I, I need to buy one. <laughs> and me being able to talk to people, I'm like, hey, how's it going? What are you looking for? Do you know anything about computers? I'm like, I do. I know the price. You know how much they cost. Uh, you know, I ask them a few questions and sell them a computer and uh, so my wife back then she was a college student she was buying her first computer for college and went over and helped her out after a little bit it was turns out it was valentine's day yeah i said hey what are your valentine's plans (laughs) (laughs) and she evaded answering the question so i didn't know if she was you know involved with somebody or not involved with you know whatever but over time uh we started dating and everything and then, then got married. But so I met her at that stage of life and I was, you know, making money and she was a college student and she got to be, be a teacher. And so I supported her through college and, and, uh, into her career. It was, it was great that she became a teacher because it provided a nice stable, uh, job and income. And so I was you already out of school at that point. 
I was out of school. Yep. Yeah, and so now, and you also served in the military. So had you already done the military service at that point? I had just finished the military when I met her. So they asked me to re-up and I said, I can't do it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. And they said, why? And I said, well, because my, my future family, I can't imagine getting pulled around the world like I've been pulled around the world. Like, right. but you're single. I'm like, I know I'm single, but I got a real good feeling that something's about in to the next six years, there's going to be a family that comes <laughs> around and I couldn't imagine being away from my wife and kids. So the answer is no, I don't care how much money you're going to throw my direction. I'm, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And so you're working retail and she gets out of school, but you know, really um, not a, not a lot of involvement in, in church and you know, where was God no. in your life at that point, y'all's life at that point? Yeah. At that point, um, my wife had been uh, as a kid grew up in uh, wherever the band was good at church, wherever the plays and uh, uh, artistic side of things, if the entertainment factor was high, their family would go to church. But as soon as something went wrong at that particular church, then they'd hang out for a while until somebody clued them in that the entertainment value was high at a different church. Wow. That's so fascinating. Yeah. So, so kind of an evangelical church. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in, in my life, you know, we, me and my parents and family, we went to one church and stayed at that one church just forever. And then when you move towns, you'd go to the new church and you'd stay at that church forever and it was uh, a time in my life when I was uh, in college and I was working overnights and weekends and all day, all night. We called them bell to bells in the restaurant industry. So anybody that's worked restaurants and yeah. I went hey. to church at 730 in the morning and on the way home, I fell asleep and ran into a car. Oh, no. And that was where I made a deal with God. I said, God, obviously, this is not the life you want for me. You don't want me to fall asleep and run into cars. And since I have to work every night and every day and it conflicts with church and church is way too early and I'm going to fall asleep every weekend, it seems like uh, we're, we're good, right? Like right. I'll just do the work thing and then we'll, we'll connect back again, again on Sundays down the road, whenever life changes. How we partner with, I mean, how we kind of, you know, argue with God and partner. I got, I'll do this. I, you know, I have so, there's so many stories about that, you know, even in college, Hey God, once I get through college, this will change or whatever, you know, just so many bargain bargains. That's the word. Bargains. Yeah. Yeah. Bargains we make with God. God, I'm so drunk and sick and throwing up all over myself and I don't know where I am. And <laughs> if you save me just this one time, God. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so but now you, and also you grew up Catholic, right? Yes. The wife yes. Of evangelical. So we got that issue going on, but neither one of you, so neither one of you are really going, this is all the first decade of your marriage. And to top it out, you're also trying to get pregnant, but yes. that's not working. That wasn't working at all. So we got pregnant and then, uh, you know, after years of trying, I got pregnant and I'm like, oh, this is wonderful, you know, and we went and doctor and they're like the heartbeat. And so like, can we tell our family now? And the doctor's like, yeah, absolutely. So told my parents and, you know, a few closer family members. And the very next day I, I went to work and my wife calls me. She says, something ain't right. We went back to the doctor. The doctor kept us in the office from nine o'clock until noon. And they kept us there waiting that length of time because I'm pretty sure they knew what was happening and they didn't want all the other people that were there to hear our angst and our tears and see us just in shambles. Wow. How far along was she? 12 weeks. Oh no. So really it gone past the first. That's so. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're right there and we're like, we can yeah. tell everybody, right? Yeah. We're past it. We're past yeah, the, yeah. we're past the challenges. And then, uh, you know, they, they stick the ultrasound there and we just heard the heartbeat and everything the day before. And there was nothing done. It was, it was nothing. Mm. And I look at that doctor and I'm squinting my eyes and that doctor's not saying anything. And I'm like, where's that? You're a doctor. Like you've done this before. Where's the courage? Where, when are you going to share the news that I already know? And she stayed silent for such a long time. And she may have even said, I'll be right back. She may have even left the room and then come back and delivered the news, but I was 
just so angry because the day before we heard the heartbeat we saw everything and yeah. everything's perfect and you're going to have a kid yeah and how far you guys have been married what five six seven years at this point? yeah yeah in that range yeah and then that, well, that takes you on this journey of not being able to get pregnant and i, I just i think that you know so and i and i think so many couples go through this you know um and so what happened after that so we thought you know it seems like a good idea we you know keep trying we kept trying eventually we got pregnant again like hey this is great and then after you know around the same time frame had another miscarriage oh no wow. and you're like <laughs> we that was going on we, we went to the mall back when malls were a thing and we just walked around just her and i holding hands not even really talking occasionally we'd say something and we're like isn't it so weird how everything's just stopped and still and unimportant in our life and everybody that's in the world around us that we can see has no idea what we're going through right now we're currently having a active miscarriage yeah but there wasn't anything for us to really do other than just be yeah and then we had lunch later on with my parents and we're like this is you know unfortunately not going to go right like my parents like oh you know let's pray let's have faith you know like we can do all that but you know it's it's past that point you know the the doctor and the signs and stuff they're like this is going to end uh you know without without you guys going full term and having a baby and yeah. that was that and then uh we started seeing every doctor in town we could spending so much money you know we didn't have much money back at that time and so forking over 500 a month and a couple thousand a month with to have no baby was felt hopeless and uh my wife had heard about in vitro one time and we go to the doctor that you know really cool doctor unbelievable personality like the type of guy where you're like you know want to go hang out on the weekends or go uh go go slalom skiing with or you know go boating we're like this guy's great and me being in sales you recognize certain things and you read nonverbals and everything and my wife i didn't know this was her thought i had no clue and she says, hey, doc, what about in vitro? And this was blindsiding to me. I'd not done any study and didn't understand much about it. And the doctor goes, oh, that, yes, absolutely. That is a great idea. That is absolutely what we should do. Because I think we've made it past everything that we can try. And I said, okay. I watch him and his eyes light up. I could see dollar signs in his eyes. <laughs> oh gosh. Visible. Yeah. And he goes, what I'll do is I'll call the in vitro place and I'll set the first appointment for you. And I'll 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 make this go. And the sales guy in you is going, This is set up. Or it's not a setup, but I mean he's got a motivation. Absolutely got a motivation. Yeah. And the thing was, we had something called MTHFR. It's a, a blood disease that uh, guys never know that you have. It doesn't really affect you in a daily life kind of thing. But what it does is it causes blood clots in uh, fetuses between 10 and 12 weeks. And those blood clots then stop the fetus from growing, which then, of course, you die. And uh, so anyway, with that going on, I'm like, how the heck is in vitro going to solve this problem? We've been pregnant before. And in vitro doesn't get you to 13 weeks. You're right. You still have the same blood disorder. Yeah. And I said, hey, doc, how's in vitro solve this? And he goes, oh, go over there. Have your first appointment. They'll, they'll walk you through the rest of it. So we walk out of the door. My wife says, oh, this is the greatest thing in the world. I'm so happy that we're here. And this is wonderful. And we're going to have a baby. And I said, where did you get that impression from? Mm. Well, didn't you hear him? I said, I did. I did. But I also didn't hear him answer my question. I only had one question and he didn't answer it. What he said was go over there, spend some money. They'll answer your question. They're not going to answer our question. Our question is how do we get to 13 weeks, 14 weeks? How do we get to it? Their, their answer is we'll get you pregnant. Well, and so let me just stop for a minute because I love to, I, I, 
the having a baby is the problem, but really there's a there's also a relationship dynamic going on with you and your wife. It's a very emotional deal where oh we're gonna have a baby you know but yet you you got a conflict because she thinks in vitro is the answer you think that yeah i've talked to you about this a little bit before the, the podcast here you've had other thoughts you've been doing some research on some other things okay so help us you know and regardless of whether it's in vitro versus this or the blood disorder it really is this relational deal that really has a chance to make a huge break in your marriage because I mean this is a serious deal. It's like you know my kid, you know like I, we see things like where kids have autoimmune diseases or you know or or somebody there's there's these things that happen in our marriages where man they're hard to get through. So what happened? How did you walk through this issue? You have two girls now, so something happened. Yes, yes, and yes. So what happened? Help us go through that time period of how you guys got together and, and went through it. Yeah, so there was a Christian doctor that uh, we knew the uh, nurse's assistant. We knew the nurse's assistant for that doctor. And he, little did we know, he had something called MTHR, MTHFR also. And they had like five kids. But in the middle of them having five kids, they started having miscarriages. And this was his field. And he says, God doesn't design people this way. Why does this keep happening? Let me, let me try to learn and understand and figure this out. And in the medical world, they only test women for MTHFR. They don't test men. Wow. Is so that put, unusual or something? I don't know that it's unusual, but I think the science and research hasn't shown conclusively yet that if a man has MTHFR, then it'll contribute to miscarriages and he's like you can keep throwing out that acronym and know all those letters <laughs> yeah 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 and he says uh you know i studied all these men and so he listened to our history and he goes we'll test you but it's a hundred percent chance that you have mthfr because mm -hmm. i don't need the answer but you guys probably would like to know and i said well what's the treatment for that it turns out it was about ten dollars of vitamins a month Oh no, really? So we're turning to the ways of the world at $502,000 a month and $15,000 in vitro, which we never did. And instead, God had a plan, $10 a month. Well, and I was telling you beforehand, it's like, and what's unusual about this story to me is that usually I've found in talking to lots of families that the that the the wife is usually the holistic one and the husband's usually like hey just go to the doctor and, you know just just go to the doctor get it fixed you know it's so funny because you guys are kind of you kind of flipped on that a little bit yeah a little bit a little bit and uh so how did your wife so okay now <clears throat> i think this is fascinating because you know usually a lot of times even as men we'll just kind of roll over on issues because you know, we want to make our wife happy and, you know, happy wife, happy life, all those. Which things. isn't true at all. <laughs> we, can, we can stay on that topic for a while, but guys, that is not true. Don't buy into that one. Yeah. But so, so what did, how did you, so how did you navigate this as a, as a husband and leader of your own? Yeah. So <clears throat> I prayed a lot about it a lot. Like when you're in angst, when you're in, in the pit, when you're at the very bottom and you don't see hope, the only hope we have is to hope in Christ. And so I prayed and prayed and prayed and talked to people that were close to me in my life. And finally, uh, it, in, in a, the way I felt was if I stayed on the side of we're absolutely not doing in vitro and we're not even going to go to the appointment, if I stayed there, I felt like I had an extreme risk of also being divorced. Wow. Which we had, and guys, this is like, maybe the most important marriage advice outside of uh, staying connected to God, but sometimes you can't uh, have that in your life. But what you can have is that agreement between you and your wife that there's never, ever an exit plan. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I talked to a guy once and he says, we don't have a back door in our marriage. We got a brick wall. Right. Absolutely. So if, if you've got a brick wall in your marriage and you know that the two of you have to figure things out, and then I'll add, include God in that. It makes it easier. But 
if, if you know there's no way out, you're not looking for a way out. Right. So having, having that in place. So we had that in place. However, this was such a big thing. I felt like uh, we, we might be able to discover the way out of this marriage or she might, you know, so I was, I had some fear about it. However, I felt like it was the right thing to do and praying and the people I was talking to, I'm like, I got to stand firm on this one. So in the Bible, it says, stand firm, hold fast to what you believe in, to truth. I'm like, I've got to, I've got to do that right now. And this, this could go the wrong way. This could be horrible. However, you know, God, it's in your hands. I'm just going to turn it over. And I did. And calm and peace were kind of in my life. I'd still be upset. I'd still have things, but I'm like, it's, it's in God's hands at this point. And within maybe a few days after that final point of saying, okay, God, it's, it's all you. My wife came back around and she says, Hey, I got this idea that a uh, doctor that I never wanted to see. Cause I didn't really like how they did things, the all natural and all that type thing. I think I'm ready to go see them now. <laughs> so you never went to the in vitro deal or did you never did, never did, never did like deal breaker on my side and could have been, could have been ultimately a divorce. Yeah. And instead she comes back around and says, Hey, let's do this, this natural thing. And that doctor runs through a checklist. He, and I, he kind of sounded a little bit arrogant, but he wasn't, he was just confident. And he says, I'm going to run through my checklist after I get done with my checklist, then you're allowed to ask questions. <laughs> and he ran through it. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I'm like, do you say you have a 91% success rate at the end of 12 months of people ha getting pregnant and then having a baby? Mm -hmm. I go, how did you say that matter of factly when the in vitro people are bragging about, we went up 0.2% last year, 0.2. Wow. And they're around 50% success and you're at 91. Wow. And he says, oh, would you like to see the records? Are you doubting my statistics? I said, no, I'm not doubting. I'm just asking how come you're not beating your chest how can you <laughs> not screaming guy. from the mountaintops yeah. talking about how great you are the sales guys coming out in you yeah and he says <laughs> why well, i'm not great i just had the same problem you have and i wanted to figure out how god has it set up in the natural world right. and i wanted to follow god's way so i took some time got some people together and we figured out a way to overcome mthfr and there's a whole lot of other challenges having babies, but in that one lane, I was one of the guys that helped figure that out. Wow. And, and now they, they teach like what he learned in 151 countries around the world and blah, blah, blah. It's called the Creighton model, but the Creighton, Creighton model, C-R-E-I-G-H-T-O-N, like Creighton, Nebraska is where the headquarters is now. Well, and I think I just love that. And then um, let's. Let's fast forward a little bit. So then another significant change happens. And I don't know when, how this is happening. You know, now you have two girls. So obviously things you wound up within the 12 months getting pregnant and yeah. past the 12 weeks. Yes. And so <clears throat> now everything is, <coughs> excuse me, moving on. Um, and how does that work? And so then also, where's the timing of that with you then leaving your, sales position and going into the insurance business. So it was the, the pregnancy that, that worked was exactly the time where I left. I had a salaried position and then I started being an independent insurance broker, which didn't really come with really any guarantees or anything. And there was a Sunday I was at church and then we went to something that maybe a lot of people have gone to called donut Sunday. Turns out donut Sunday was really important because my business partner, Mark, was there that day. He'd had a medical injury and he was never at the Saturday morning men's group that I went to. And as I was telling guys what my plan was and asking for guidance, they kept pointing at the seat where he was supposed to be sitting. Yeah. But he was never there because he turns out he was in the hospital, which I didn't know. And, the, you know, you know how guys are. Hey, man, I heard you're hurt. You doing all right? Yeah. 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 I'm fine. Exactly. He's in the hospital. Yeah. Now, now but let me back up just a minute, though, because. So you're kind of going to church at this time, but your wife's not? My wife was not. So I, I had left retail and I made that promise with God as soon as I got out of nights and weekends and all that type thing, I'll go to church. And I woke up one morning and went, oh my goodness, it's Sunday. Church, honey, I'm going to church. And she says, that's great. Where? Well, our church, the one we got married at. Okay, when is it? 
I have no idea, honey, <laughs> wow. but I got to look it up. I looked it up and found out it was like 30 minutes from the time I said, I got to get ready. I got to go. And so I, you know, did my hair real quick, put some clothes on and ran out the door and, you know, never missed a Sunday since. Gotcha. And so, so, and then you're starting your business. So, um, and, um, insurance business and totally different. Now you are on going on into this no straight commission mm -hmm. um, world. Not a lot of, not a lot of running room. If I remember right. Nope. Not a lot of running room. Not a lot of, not a lot in the bank account. And probably spent a lot of time in that business when your kids are young and she's going through the pregnancies, all that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to my neighbor, his name's Phil. And uh, I said, Phil, I'm trying to decide if, if I should push forward with this or if now's a time where I should be conservative and do the safe thing. And he looks at me, he says, your kids aren't going to remember the first couple of years. Yeah. As soon as you fast forward and get to three years, four years, five years, he goes, it's probably too late. You're probably going to have to play it safe for a really long time. If you're ever going to do the big thing, if you're ever going to get out on your own, if you're ever going to take a chance, he goes, I encourage you to take that chance right now. Well, and one of the things, Dan, I just keep seeing in your life that I want men and women to see, this is not just a man's podcast because I think it applies everywhere, is that, uh, man, you, it seems like throughout, especially the last 15 years, it's, that you really focus on hearing the Lord's voice. Yes. And sometimes that leads to, it's, it's not like there's these standard decisions that, you know, hey, let's go the natural route. Hey, let's go into, in, let's, you know, something, you know, a lot of Christian men or women might say, oh no, you never dig deep, you know, in your business and abandon your family, quote unquote, abandon your family. Right, you right. Know? But, you know, but you're, how are you doing that? You're, you're just listening to the Lord and doing some fairly different things, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that comes from my upbringing. So my mom always talked to me about always looking for God in everything. So, you know, looking out my window right now, I see this tree and there's some leaves and, you know, look at the leaves and observe them and see how it's moving. And, oh, that's a little bit of wind. Ah there's the Holy spirit moving in nature right now, you know, the sun and how beautiful it is. And how does that actually work? And who is the one that designed it? Yeah. Oh, it wasn't us. It wasn't Don Manning. It wasn't me. Like yeah. God did that. Even, you know, I remember talking on your podcast, I was on your podcast or, or it's coming out, I guess. Yeah. Um, we all this whole podcast recording thing. Nobody ever knows what time is anything anymore. But, um, but like you were talking about how your business was, really and even then was you kind of god spoke to you about connecting people and making it about them and you get the benefit of once you make it about them yes and that was hearing from the lord right explain that a little bit yeah so the the when i got into the insurance business a buddy of mine his name's don also crazy dude he was a cowboy police officer sheriff truck driver and at one time had a dog kennel <laughs> all these, all these different things. And then he says, Hey, I'm an insurance agent. I was like, oh gosh, dude, isn't that boring? And you know, whatever. And he's like, man, I'm going to be rookie of the year and man, you're good at sales. So you ought to come do this. This is a heck of a gig over here. Yeah. And eventually they got, got me on over there. And so, th so thankful that that happened, but his mentor, I said, cool. If, if he can take this truck driving sheriff, police officer, you know, all over the place, kind of personality, ADD, crazy ADD. If he can take that and turn him into rookie of the year for this company, I'm like, I can follow that guy. Yeah. So I passed my test and I said, Hey, what do I do day one? It's day one. And he goes, well, you should call a bunch of people. You should get a, a, a list. I'll give you a list. And then you just call them. Well, actually, you probably don't want to call them. You probably should hire somebody to call them all for you. And then you do appointments after that. And we'll get you a billboard and we'll send some postcards out too. I said, and then what? He says, well, that'll be it. That'll be fine. <laughs> I said, I don't want to do it that way. That sounds yeah. horrible. Right. <laughs> is this, yes. is this the whole secret sauce? Yes, I'm, I'm feeling it with you. Yeah, I'm like, this is yeah. brutal. And I said, I tell you what. All the reason nobody, all the reason people don't want to go in sales. Yeah. Yeah. I said, here's the deal. I don't know any better. 
you've done this like two, three times and sold some businesses and stuff. So I'll follow that to the T. I don't need your help anymore. If that's the whole recipe and there's nothing else for me to learn, I got those lessons. Right. I'll figure it out. Right. I said, but as soon as I figure out what the next, the next thing is and the next better way to do it, I'm abandoned in this and I'm going full force in, in the next direction. And I don't, I don't know it, but I'll figure it out. Right. And I'll be darned if I didn't figure out uh, through people and connections and the power of referrals. So when you do good things for other people, good things come back to you. It's just the way that it works. And Zig Ziglar's quote, if you, do an, if you help people get what they want, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. Yeah, wow. And so I focused on uh, helping other people get what they want. Being in the insurance business, you can focus on real estate agents, mortgage lenders, CPAs, attorneys, financial planners. So centers of influence, people in the know. Uh, my church pastors sent me plenty of referrals over the years, which is great. Yeah. Hairdressers, you know, they talk to everybody about everything, you know. So <laughs> business comes in from all over the place. Um, but the key was is to pay attention to people, listen to people, find out what's important to people. Instead of asking boring questions like, hey, how was your day? Hey, how's work? Hey, what's the next big thing you're working on? Wow. Ah, maybe I should be working on a big thing. <laughs> wow. Or so maybe they are working on a big yeah. thing, you know? Hey, yeah. Don, tell me, tell me what the next level of crazy cool family is. Right. And then you're like, ah, here's the next thing I'm working on. Like, and you get fired up and excited about it as opposed to, hey, how's uh, work going, Don? Yeah. It's going all right. Like whatever. So ask unique and different questions that get people engaged and talking and fired up and energetic. And that uh, truly, um, I had a, I, so find people that are experts at things. I found a guy that was an expert. He had a huge real estate business in the past and sold it. People usually don't sell real estate businesses, but this guy did. And I stumbled into him by accident. And he says, uh, I'll coach you, but I can only teach you real estate. And I said, that'll be perfect. Because I want to learn how to grow a big business, which you've already done. And if you're going to teach me through real estate, well, so be it. You're, the, you're my only option. I don't know anybody else that can show me what I want to learn. Yeah. And if you teach me real estate, what I'll do with that is I'll teach real estate people real estate. Gotcha. So show me everything you got. Show me the whole playbook. You know, We'll write a book together, whatever it takes. But I'll take each chapter. And then I'll pass it on to real estate agents. So I learned one chapter at a time, stayed one chapter ahead of the real estate agents and mortgage lenders. Turns out mortgage lenders like to help real estate agents. So I kind of just focused on learning real estate to help professionals grow their businesses. And then that has paid off in spades over time. So people often ask, hey, what's in this for you? Hey, what are you doing this for? Why are you helping me? Wow. And, you know, and so, and, and doesn't that principle to apply back into your family? Absolutely. I mean, how, you know, so, and, and when you look at looking out for the best interest of your children, of your spouse, whoever it is, I mean, and trying to figure, hey, what are you dreaming about? You know, having those conversations with, um, you know, we talk about a crazy cool family, how you bring out the best in your spouse, that it's mm -hmm. not about changing them to be who you are. It's about changing them into the best they can be, mm -hmm. you know? And, and it's funny, you know, just wild how you're applying that in business. And I bet you're applying it in your family too. Yes. Yeah. So that's a mistake that, that guys make is we'll learn something in one area of our life, but then we won't apply it anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. So the stuff we learn in business, we should apply to our wives, our friends, our, our faith, even like, and then the stuff we learn in faith, we should apply to business and the stuff we learn from our kids because our kids can be our greatest teachers. <laughs> yeah, at some point did the guy, I'm going back to the neighbor who said, first three or four years, you dive into it. At some point, you, that business, it really did pay off because that business crested and now you're able to reposition your life to where now you're coaching softball and you're doing some of the things that, what does your life look like differently when in your business life now versus when the uh, kids were younger? Oh my goodness. So when the kids were younger, I was, this is good and bad, but this is the real truth. Uh, I learned this from a friend of mine. He was a financial planner and he says, uh, honey, here's the deal. 
if you'll give me, and I forget what the years were, I think it was three. Honey, if you give me Monday through Friday, 12 hours a day, and you give me also Saturday morning, I can create a lifestyle for us that I'll never have to work on the weekends again. I'll never have to work past 5 p.m. Monday through Friday ever again. We'll be able to do vacations. We'll be able to have oh, the exact well, the lifestyle. The two-year-olds at home for the whole 12 hours and all the stuff. Because you know, usually that's going to be a stay-at-home mom. Right, right. Yeah. 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 So I, I said, well, I'll take that play and I'll, I'll share that one with my wife, see what she says. And I, I told her two years. I said, give me two years. Don't restrain me. Just allow me to do what I do. Um, you don't necessarily need to help outside of the help that you'll have to do during that 12 hours. Turns out I never work Saturdays. I think I've done maybe three, three Saturday mornings, you know, in the last 10 years, yeah. even at the very beginning. But I, I, I needed that time where I could just be solely focused on figuring out how to crack the code, do the next level to study, to practice, to teach. And, um, you know, within, within two years, things took off and blew past my expectations. I accomplished my five-year goal in two and a half years, accomplished my 10-year goal in five years and have one of the, the you know, biggest referral generation referral insurance businesses in the country. So. Wow. That's fascinating. And I mean, and then, um, so then um, how did, let's kind of, you know, as we're wrapping this up, I want to take the faith journey of, Eventually, your wife starts to go to church with you. Yes, yes, yes. So, how did all that happen? Because you know, like I was, we were talking before. Honestly, most of the time, the women is the woman is leading the spiritual charge mm -hmm. in a home. You know, most of the time when people sign up for base camp, things like that, it's a, it's the wife signing up, not the husband. They tend to be more engaged in family spiritual matters. What happened in that in your home? Yeah, in my home. So I started going to church. I was solo. We had uh, children. And I said, honey, I want to take, I want to take Ollie. I want to take her to church. And she says, no, there's no way you could handle a, a baby at church. As we all know, it's just a car seat you set next to you, like done. That's it. That's, that's the whole handle the baby at church kind of thing. And if she cries, she cries, whatever. But she wouldn't let me bring baby number one to church. Wouldn't let me bring number two to church. Finally, she allows me to start taking one to church. And it's one of my favorite memories ever, you know, just for six months, just me and my one daughter and I'd hold her the whole service and it was wonderful. And then I started praying for my wife and I'd been praying every day, every day, consistent, consistent, consistent. And uh, um, finally, one day I was just done. I left the church service, the pastor's out front, 4,500 family church, the pastor's never alone, and we're in the courtyard, he's alone. And I said, hey, you got a minute? And he looks around and goes, I don't see anybody else around here. <laughs> I said, here's the thing, I've been wanting my wife to come to church, she doesn't come to church with me, I've been praying, I've been, he goes, well, let me ask you some questions. You know, are you praying every day? Yes. You got any major sin in your life? No. He goes, you know, have you confessed to the Lord your sins? Yes. He says, are you coming to church faithfully every week? He goes, scratch that question. I already know the answer to that one. I see you here every week. And I said, okay. And he goes, well, I guess if you're doing all that stuff, I don't understand what the problem is. I said, well, as the leader of my house, our family's supposed to be going to church. Like, this is critical. We got to be on the same page, equally yoked. Like, yeah. this is critically important. If I'm getting to heaven, I'm bringing my family with me. And it's, it's mine. Like, dang it. Listen to me. And he goes, okay. I, again, I'm not hearing the problem. I squint my eyes, clench my fist. I'm like, come on, man. Right. He goes, well, let me ask you a different question. Whose time are you trying to do this on? Oh, wow. And I said, mine. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm done. And he looks up and he goes, again, whose time are you trying to do this on? And I look up and I look at him and I, I knew he had caught me. I knew he had trapped me into an answer that I didn't want to hear. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, hey, are you telling me I can skip out of here happy as a lark? They go skip away. 
Oh, wow. And would you believe the very next Saturday, my wife says to me, hey, uh, what time's church tomorrow? Mm. I didn't do anything that week. And that was probably, what, eight years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, man, what a story. And then I'm, you guys are, and even then, even though you guys weren't sharing church, you had also laid some ground rules of we don't have a back door for our, you know, for our marriage. I mean, so there were things that you were doing principally, you know, mm-hmm. from a principal standpoint. And, and, you know, and it sounds like both of you guys are pretty positive people overall. So mm-hmm. that was helpful. But so now on this journey of faith, so how is being involved in the church and more pursuing your faith together? What's that done for your family over the last eight years or so? So we are not meant to do life alone. So going back to church, I started going to a Saturday men's group, Saturday men's group, read the passage about men are the spiritual leaders of the home, which I was just skipped that chapter and moved on because my wife was pretty good at running the home and did a bunch of things and made it easy for me uh, to, uh, you know, not do laundry, not do the dishes. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. You're fired. Right. Cool. So I got fired from so many jobs and she was doing fine on her own. Didn't need my help. And then that, convicted me. I said, oh man, I'm hearing it this time. I don't want to hear this. Hopefully they'll skip to the next chapter and we can quit talking about this, but they didn't, they stayed on it. And I was like, and then they said, there was a stat. It's like eight to 12% of kids will go to church on their own. If uh, parents aren't churchgoers after high school. And if mom's a churchgoer, it'll be like 12 to 14%. If mom's the reason why the family goes to church, 12 to 14% of the kids will go to church on their own. And I said, this is garbage because they're going to say if dads are the ones it'll be 16 to 18 percent and i'm like i don't like those odds those are bad odds i want my kids to be churchgoers i want them to be faithful and at the time at the time gosh i don't even know if i had a child at that time i don't think i did but you know looking ahead to the future and then the statistic was 89 to 92 percent of kids will go to church on their own after high school if the dad is the reason the family goes to church. I said, sign me up. Yeah. I'm in God. I am the spiritual leader of my house from today on. I went home and I said, Hey honey, (laughs) there's some things changing. Wow. And, and you know, as, and just, and, and it has changed, right? I mean, it has absolutely your family changed. is in church. Your, your family is connected. I mean, again, it's not perfect, but you see your kids walking a path of faith. Your wife is walking a path of faith. You know, yes. um, you know, I, I, I can remember being probably 10 years into my marriage too, and just going, looking at, I had four girls, maybe I had a son at the time and going, I'm not losing this battle. And I feel like that's kind of what you said too. I said, I, I don't know what winning looks like, right. but, I, but I know what losing looks like. Those kids that aren't going to church, that aren't full of faith and, you know, are doing things that, you know, are, are, are alienated from their parents. I said, I am not going to have that. If I do, I can't really control it because I don't control the kids. But if 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 it doesn't happen, I'm going to be bloody, battered, and bruised. They're going to drag me off that field. And I feel like you kind of had the same moment with your pastor there. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. That that was not one I was willing to lose. And I feel like if we can, you know, like maybe the kind of the ending message to dads in particular here is. If dads, you'll do that. And, and you've had to make some hard leadership decisions in your family through this, right? Of, of challenging, of encouraging, of, and then sometimes just praying and letting go. I think, you know, all those things come out. But I feel like, it, and so often we just get dads that are just being passive. I just want to make my wife happy. I just want to make it. And so maybe we can kind of end it. What would you say? You, and even going through your Christian journey of a Christian dad podcast, um, kind of parting words for these dads, what would you say to them as, you know, um, parting thoughts for them? 
So I've, I've got a few different ones. One of them, I had a, a men's group. I had 12 guys in this group. All of them were super successful business-wise, and all of them are Christian, and all of them have pretty good families. And I said, hey, what about the visionary side of your family? Who does that? What about your wife and blah, blah, blah? Every one of them said in a, in a different way, but my wife's kind of got her head down, and she's kind of charging ahead, executing the plan. And when I talk vision with her, she's got her head down. She's like, whatever. Like, I'm just going. And so look up, like stop wherever you are in life, look up, periodically review and think about where you actually want to go. Different friend of mine had, uh, you know, the weekend thing where you do games all day long and he looks at his wife and says, are we happy? Are you happy? And she says, no, this is horrible. We got five kids and all we do is run to sporting events all the time. And like, yeah. And he says, all right, let's quit. She's like, we can't quit. Like, what would our friends and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, how about we go rock climbing instead? So they rock climb as a family and it's peaceful and they've got a little community, blah, blah, blah. But point is, he said, he stopped. Ask a question. He looked up. God, help us out here. Give me some wisdom. Uh, so, so I'd say that, guys. You don't have to be on this merry-go-round roller coaster. Uh, letting the path take you wherever the path takes you. You can be in charge of that. You can make decisions. You can ask questions such as, hey, honey, if our lives could be anything that we wanted our lives to be, money's not an obstacle. Friends aren't an obstacle. Our vehicles aren't obstacles. Our loan debt that we have isn't, if we had no obstacles and we could just design the ultimate life that we wanted, what would it be? What would it be? It's, one of the questions I have is if you could accomplish anything you wanted in your life, anything you wanted in your life, what would it be? Wow. And often guys will move to um, success. They'll move to business success. They'll move to money. They'll, I'll, I'll get a lake house. I'll whatever. I'm like, really? That's it. That's the <laughs> ultimate. That's the ultimate wow. money comes and go. Things come and go. What about eternal? What, what about the, eternal perspective and i'm like it's such a simple answer i'm gonna get to heaven that's what i'm gonna do mm -hmm. and i'm gonna help everybody around me get to heaven especially those closest to me and i'm gonna have a system and i'm gonna keep working on that system and keep getting better at that system because that's the only thing that matters yeah that's the only thing that matters yeah it just seems like you know i love the way you love to inspire people and the way you're you love to hear God's voice. It feels like, you know, to you, life is not a prison. It's an adventure. And, and it's an adventure into the kingdom things. And when we start to, you know, it's not that business success is wrong or playing sports is wrong. It's really just, you know, I love it the way God speaks to us uniquely. And when dads, especially as the leaders of their homes, will listen to God's voice and go into and be willing to be bold. You know, you went into the insurance business and you didn't have a big, you know, um, uh, didn't have a big backstop there to, to carry you. And, and uh, you know, just all the things that you've done. Man, I hope men, especially, that you're encouraged. And, and wives, you know, with this, I think a role that the wife can play is to encourage your husband to, to lead. So often, you know, I think that as wives, the wives will, as wives, we're not wives, but the, the, the wives will kind of put a rein on the parade of the vision of their husband. No, 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 no. And there is value in that, but sometimes the, the wife can overdo it. Let your husband dream, dream with them. Let them be who they are. As, as they are trying to help you be the best you can be. So, man, such good wisdom there, Dan. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast, we'll put the link in the show notes. And um, yeah, just, I, I just so inspiring what you're telling moms and dads about how to step into the, to everything God has for, for, their, for their lives and their family. Yes, yes, absolutely. And same thing for the guys, for your wives. Encourage yeah. them, shower them with praise, pour into them, feel their, fill their sails with compliments and allow them to grow and, and blossom like flowers, like cherish your wife like she's the, the pearl and the jewel that they talk about in the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. When, when, we, when we get in our, our thoughts, we think about all the negative and all the complaints we have about our life, about our wife, about our whatever. It's like, 
put that noise aside, take captive of those thoughts, transform them, write things down of gratitude every day about your spouse. Think about ways where you can build her up and do that every, every, every day and your mind will change. You will become grateful for your wife. You'll fall more in love with your wife. You cannot allow those negative thoughts to take root. That's, that's the devil. That's Satan. That's the world. Yeah. And we got to get away from that stuff and get into abundance, get into heaven, get into love and God. Um, so I'm, I love that you said wives encourage your husbands. Absolutely. And husbands, look, look to take care of your wives. Look to let her know how lovely she is every day. You know, I was just, um, I was teaching at a conference this last weekend and we were talking about um, Ephesians 5 where it says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and and made her holy. And and basically it says, I'm paraphrasing, but it says make her holy and radiant. Yes. Radiant means to exude with love, joy, and confidence. What if your wife or wives, what if you had made your husband, what if you did things to, so that your husband or, or your wife would exude with love, joy, and confidence? I just thought, what a great definition that, that God put the word radiant in there. And, um, and I applied it to the kids. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? That, yes. Uh, so, I mean, super inspiring and just encouraging. And, and I hope that we can take this husbands and wives and say, I want something different for my life. I want something more. I want more of the kingdom. I want to listen to God. So thanks, Dan, for being with us. We'll wrap it up. And as always, parents, go be crazy. CrazyColdFamily.com.